0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of SharkCityHockey.com. Proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Got a stacked episode in store for everyone in Sharks territory today. Um, it's been a big weekend for Patrick Marlowe. Amazing celebration of his career and legacy here in San Jose for three consecutive games. And of course... The buzz around the league. The talk all around the NHL. And that being of course. Timo Meyer Finally being traded. To the New Jersey Devils. I say finally because this literally felt like. Almost two years. Uh, in the making. It really took about. Almost. I'll say 18 months. Give or take. Um, to see this. Coming to fruition. So, for those of you in Sharks territory who remember during the NHL entry draft last year—not this season, but the previous season—when we selected William Eklund number one uh, in the number one round, in the first round of the NHL uh, draft, seventh overall, uh, right like leading up to our pick, there was already rumors circulating around the league of Timo Meyer potentially headed to New Jersey. And it just seemed to be the um, the the front runner, even though they threw in other names like Carolina and New York. I don't think there's any doubt in any hockey fan's mind that New Jersey wasn't going to um, acquire Timo Meyer. And I'm just honestly, if I could just be 100 with y'all, I'm finally glad that it's said and done and over with because. All this back and forth and all of this, you know, um talk and rumors. For one, it was definitely, pardon me, it was definitely affecting Timo Meyers' game. Um, that's for certain. Number two, um, imagine, imagine what that must be like. You know, not knowing exactly, um, you know, where you might be playing, what locker room you might be getting dressed up in. Um, you know what I mean? Uh Going from one spot being the West Coast to the next in the East Coast. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad it's over and done with for Timo Meyers sake. And also from a fan's perspective, I am glad it's said and done with. Cause like I mentioned just a moment ago, it feels as if this trade has been just delayed for almost like two years now. So, uh, really quick revisiting, uh, Timo Meyers time until, Till. A lot of you are set out there because now there's going to be no more Timo time in Sharks territory. Uh, So Timo time is up, I guess. But um, he has been on the roster since he was uh, 20 years old. So just a quick trip down memory lane. The San Jose Sharks selected Timo Meyer in the first round of the 2015 NHL entry draft. That was ninth overall. And... um, Right now, he's currently 26 years old. He has been playing on the roster, on the NHL main roster, since um, 2016-17, when he was just 20 years old. Uh, His first season, he got 34 games in, and then from um, there on out, you know, he started to get um, more um, games under his belt, with the exception of um, some of the abbreviated seasons that came of late. So what I'm trying to say is he played close to 80 games. Um, per um, almost every season with the exception of 2019-20, um, 2020 etc. Anyways, um, currently he has 57 games with the San Jose Sharks this season. He has 31 goals, 21 assists, 52 points. Um, so he's on pace to have at least 80 points uh, by the end of the season. He's also, um, you know, he's been a shark his entire career. So it's gonna be very interesting. Timo Meyer is projected to be like one of the like rising top, you know, um forwards in the league. But I say it'll be interesting to say oh, excuse me, it'll be interesting to see if it actually um you know if he could continue the production in the new settings with his new team here in San Jose Timo Meyer is undoubtedly a first um, line wing uh, winger but you know I' I've, I've, I've begged this question I've asked this question in the past you know is he a big shark and a small tank so to speak right um, It's not like the sharks are um, in terms of NHL ready players it's not like you know the sharks are swimming in you know a death or in a pool of talent Uh, we are acquiring that talent and we are farming that talent in you know the uh, ECHL with the Wichita Thunder and the AHL with the Salazar Barracuda but there isn't no immediate replacement for Timo Meyer. there's no immediate replacement for you know the leading scorer on the team and outside of you know Eric Carlson Timo Meyer is the only, um, you know, shark that's really shown up this season in terms of, you know, um, offensive production. So, um, again, I just want to say best of luck to Timo Meyer. Um, he played 451 games with the Salazi Sharks. He scored 154 goals, 162 assists, 316 points. And, um, quite frankly, if I could be honest with you, um, I'm again, this is just going to be a pure reaction. My, my take, my personal take on this is I'm kind of glad that the Sharks um, were able to deal him. I know a lot of fans out there are sad again because Timo time in Sharks territory is over. But the reality of the situation here is that, and this, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. Mike Greer did a uh, press conference, which is available wherever you enjoy podcasts uh, via Sharks Audio Network. But the um, press conference following the Timo Meyer trade, you know, he said it. He said it straight up. He was like, "Listen, like you know, what he wanted for the years, he wanted for the amount of uh, money that he wanted, um, and for where the Sharks are right now, and where they seem to be headed, whatever direction it is." Um, he, uh, Mike Greer, mentioned it's not a full-on rebuild, right? So he says, leave it up to. He'll leave it up to the media to use whatever R word, you know, however we want to label it. But essentially, you know, it's not a full on rebuild, even if they trade Eric Carlson, which I don't think they're going to do. We'll go into that in a second. Um, But back to the point is, um, it was obvious that this contract was going to work out for the San Jose Sharks franchise long term, and it makes no sense to essentially like let him. Walk, I mean, he is a restricted free agent this offseason. So the Sharks do kind of have rights on his contract. But the qualifying offer, from my understanding, is projected to be $10 million. So if they don't sign him and, um, you know, they allow some other team out there to. Um, or how do I say this, If they want to keep him on board and kind of have a say in the compensation they get, whatever compensation package they get from whichever team. Then you know the trade. The trade. Uh, this transaction was a way to go. Otherwise, if he's an, a restricted free agent, and then someone offers him a qualifying offer, then you have to match it. Then you know you're at the mercy of whatever it is that he's evaluated and whatever team has decided to uh, send him. So you know, what I mean. Um, anyways, I don't want to dive into all all the all those details. Let's just g- get back to this. Um, you know the main point, which is reacting to this trade. Um, so you know who else reacted to the trade was Eric Carlson. Um, so this quote is coming out of the Mercury News. So a uh, hat tip to uh, Curtis Pashalka of the Bay Area News Group. Uh, so Eric Carlson, he had this to say of the trade of Timo Meyer. Um, so you trade a guy like Timo, I don't think that shows that this is going to be a quick turnaround. Uh, so this is Eric Carlson. He said this um, on Monday. It's unfortunate, but I understand it. I've been around the game long enough to understand what needs to be done from an organizational perspective. It just sucks that I happen to be where I am at this stage of my career. It sucks in a way, but like I've said before, my family and I enjoy it here. I've had a good year. I'm happy playing hockey. And I'm happy playing hockey. Pardon me. But to not play important games and have such a chance to play and not have a chance to play in the playoffs. Pardon me. Let me, let me uh, Let me restate that. But to not play important games and have a chance to play in the playoffs, it's not something that really intrigues me too much. Um, So, you know, that, that's that's a lot to say from Eric Carlson. So obviously, you know, a lot of people were kind of, there and still are trying to push for Eric Carlson to get on a playoff team. This is just the hockey world. The hockey world wants to see Eric Carlson in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I completely understand but in terms of like you know compensation and what the South East Sharks would have to give up in terms of what they would get in return, I don't I do not see I think it's highly unlikely that Eric Carlson, um, is on a different team, and just you know in the next coming days here for the trade deadline coming up. Um, with that also, with that being said, so he was asked you know following the trade, um, you know if he thought about you know if he would have a similar fate. And um, Eric Carlson had this to say, and I quote, I haven't really given it too much thought. I haven't been asked about anything. Obviously, with my contract situation, they wouldn't be able to do it without my consent. And we haven't had those discussions yet. Speaking of Mike Greer, he said uh, he hasn't approached me all season about anything. To me, that's very telling. You know what I'm saying? Because Mike Greer, um, and we've been mentioning this this entire season since Brett Burns, you know, requested a trade. Apparently, Mike Greer has an open door policy, right? So um Nick Merkley, I don't know if it was Joe Will or Mike Greer, essentially, but um Brent Burns, you know, they've all asked for the trade. And um I think personally Timo Meyer um i'm not so much sure if he asked for the trade i think he knew that a trade was you know going to happen and i think personally again that it was quite obvious he knew he was going to new to new jersey uh point being again i just want to um re i just want to restate this that um you know a couple of seasons ago, a couple of drafts ago, they were talking about him going to New Jersey back then. So again, it almost felt like two years in the making. Finally, glad it's done. We can stop talking about about it. <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, we still got a little bit more before uh, you know we close this chapter of Timo Meyer and trucks territory uh, to cover. So, um, yeah, my my um my instant reaction to this would be, you know, again, I'm glad it's done. A lot of fans out there are saying that the sharks got fleeced. I'm not too sure about that. Speaking of which, what's up with that term this season? Like everyone's like, "Oh, the sharks got fleeced. We got fleeced." You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Okay, so, um, I guess that makes it. I guess I'd be an appropriate time right now. Make an appropriate time to talk about, um, you know, the entire trade. So quickly. Um, just want to say, uh, you know, thanks again, to Meyer, and best of luck to you. But there are other Sharks involved in this transaction. This transaction, by the way, it's got to be Mike Greer's biggest trade. Um, you know, it, it's probably the biggest trade this season. We'll see. I believe um, Jonathan, uh, excuse me, um, Patrick, was it Patrick Kane? Kane from the um, Chicago Blackhawks is going to the Rangers, I heard recently. But uh, back to the point. I think Timo Meyer in the trade in terms of being nine players and four picks involved, the total transaction had nine players and four picks. I think this is going to be one of the biggest trades of, um, Mike Greer's, um, like early, you know, early GM career. And that's, that's, that's a lot considering how big of a trade Brent Burns was. But of course that happened prior to the season. So I would go ahead and say that this is the biggest trade of the season. Unless, of course, they decide to deal Carlson, which I highly doubt. Um, because, again, a point I was trying to make, and we're about going to go into, um the rest of the trade package here. Eric Carlson's response of Mike Greer not bringing it up to him. Mike Greer has an open-door policy. If you want to be traded, come ask. Obviously, Carlson's not asking from what he's re- referring to. He's definitely um, not making it, or he's not shying away from making it known that you know that he's not really thrilled about playing on a team that's not going to go into playoffs but um you know to say that Mike Greer hasn't approached him all season about a potential transaction to me it states the obvious being that Carlson is not going to be on the move in a few days but who knows I'm sure um Mike Greer will still be listening to offers as he mentioned at the beginning of the season okay so um again Timo Meyer has been getting a bulk of the attention because obviously in this deal he is the um, you know the number one asset in this nine player four um draft pick deal so let's uh cover that so the sounds so uh the San Jose sharks received defenseman Shakir Mukamadulin and Nikita Ohachiyuk they also have uh, acquired so those are defensemen defenseman prospects they also acquired forward veteran Andreas Johnson and forward prospect Fabian Zetterlund Um, The Sharks acquired a 2023 first-round draft pick, so that's coming up this season. We got another first-rounder. Hoorah, baby. And a conditional 2024 first-round selection. And seventh-round choice in exchange for Timo Meyer, defenseman Scott Harrington, Santeri Hataka, winger Timur Ibrahimov, and goaltender Zachary Emmon. The Sharks also sent a 2024 fifth round draft pick that they acquired from the Colorado Avalanche in their transaction last season when they sent Andrew Cogliano to the Rockies to go over there and raise the Stanley Cup. The Sharks are retaining half of Timo Meier's salary. And um, yeah, it, there it is. So... I just want to do a quick thank you, a quick shout out to the other guys who are not really getting much of the limelight, much of the attention. Um, obviously, given the fact that, um, you know, most of these guys are either deaf players, uh, you know, deaf forwards or defensemen or, you know, they're, um, you know, prospects with the Wichita Thunder and or the Barracuda. But um, here we go. So. Um, quick thank you and shout out again to Scott Harrington. It's kind of crazy to see how, you know, Scott Harrington, he stepped up to that role earlier this season with um, Eric Carlson. And, um, you know, now he's on another squad. And the last time I checked, he was placed on waivers. I don't think he was claimed. I don't think the Sharks are going to reclaim him either. And, um, you know, for me to see Zachary Emmon. I mean I thought the Sharks the last thing okay, so the Sharks they have definitely been moving goaltenders recently. All right. So they've moved Aiden Hill, they moved Yosef uh Koshinov, they moved um I mean it goes on. Uh, I didn't think that they would be moving more of um of their prospects or any more of their players in the um in the goal crease, but hey, um Zachary Amon, he's headed that way. Um, to new jersey more than likely going to play with uh, the Utica Comets for that mistake and I think that's their um affiliate but pardon me if, I'm, if that is inaccurate uh, the new jersey affiliate in the AHL that is all right so i just want to say a quick thank you to um you know everybody to harriton to uh, emmon to uh, Ibra Gimov and to hataka for you know your time you spent until whether it was with the sharks the um barracuda or the newly um minted affiliates the echls which saw thunder um just thank you very much i know a lot of the guys i mean a lot of the news coverage is based on timo meyer and um i you know these guys are going through the same you know they're going through the same trials as timo meyer is that being you know having to uh, pack up jump on a plane head to the East Coast, be a part of a new locker room, be a part of a new uh, group of players, you know what I'm saying? And then, obviously, for those who've been calling San Jose home for a while, you know, they got to find a, you know, they're headed to a new spot that they have to call, you know, home and whatever. So I uh, just want to say a quick thank you from San Jose, a quick thank you from Sharks Territory to um, everybody that was involved in that transaction. So now, Bon Voyage those former sharks and welcome to sharks territory uh shakir Mukamadulin nikita ohachi yuk andreas johnson and fabian Zetterlin. um really excited about this i know a lot of fans are kind of saying they got fleeced again you know that's the uh that's the words that's the word of this trade deadline season is fleeced right but um i don't think so if indeed the Soundsy sharks and eric carlson um go separate ways via trade whether it's this uh upcoming week or next season the sharks i from what i'm seeing is they are definitely building up their prospects on the blue line so um shakir Mukhamadulin is a 64 defenseman he's 21 he's been um you know he's on contract until 2025. 20, uh, I believe he's been playing a bulk of his. Um, uh, this year, I think he's playing a bulk of it in the KHL. I could be wrong. I might be mistaking him for someone else. Um, yeah, I believe he's in the KHL. But pardon me if I'm. In, I think I'm mistaking him for someone else. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah, my bad. KHL. Haha. <laughs> 67 games. Six uh, goals, 19 assists for 25 points. Um, so, you know, again, uh, when you see those numbers, you um, you think, okay, this is someone that could potentially step in and hopefully, you know, um, take some of that workload that may be left in the absence of Eric Carlson. Uh, whether it's just um being able to create offensive opportunities from that blue line or um you know maybe maybe he could show off some of the speed that um Carlson has in his game. Um from my understanding, you know, he's pretty solid. He's not like the fastest defenseman out there, but um he's pretty solid, strong kid. Um I know there's a one game. Like prospect report floating around there. Essentially saying like, you know, he isn't like, you know, may have like one of the worst performances ever. But all I say to that is it's just a one game evaluation. Uh, Relax. Again, in the KHL, he's played 67 games this season. And he's um, tallied 25 points. I would say that's not bad for um, a young defenseman. And back to the point of of why I'm even uh, mentioning this is, um, you know, is he going to step up and are they going to be able to replace Eric Carlson and produce those numbers automatically? No, but at least, you know, we have some people in the farm who are able to, um, you know, perhaps rise to that occasion. Who knows? Right. So um, Nikita Ohayuchuk is a um, 22 year old defenseman. Okay, um, 6'1, 194 pounds, shoots left. We have him on contract till next season in 2024. Um, oh, by the way, really quick Mukama Doolin was a first round draft pick from the New Jersey Devils in 2020. He went 20th overall. So, um, you know, you love to see these high um, round draft picks being, um, you know, acquired by the Sharks. Same thing goes for Nikita uh, Ohh, he has um, he was selected in the second round, sixty first overall, by the New Jersey Devils in twenty nineteen. So again, he's um, another defenseman prospect that the uh, Sharks have um, have acquired uh, this season. This season, he's played. Um, or really quick, let's let's go to the last season. I think that's pretty um pretty solid. So last season with the Utica Comets, I was correct. That's the AHL affiliate of the New Jersey Devils. He played sixty three games okay uh they went to the playoffs so he got some he got some postseason experience um this season in the nhl he's played 10 games he scored his first career nhl goal i believe this uh this year or am i mistaken Uh, i could be mistaken on that um i take that back i digress but uh, nonetheless he uh, played 10 games this season he scored a goal and um he's played 20 games in the ahl with uh, utica so he's projected to play about 40 games in the AHL. So he more than likely is going to be with the Barracuda He's going to stay in the AHL. So he'll be projected to finish the season with 40 games played um, with perhaps uh, 12 points in total. So um, I'm looking at a offensive defensive man and a defensive defensive man. You know what I'm saying? So um, from my understanding, um, his hitting and his ability to read the, uh, the defensive zone has been praised. All right, so two solid uh, prospects on the blue line to perhaps, um, you know, again, strengthen the def on the, uh, the defensive side in the event that EK65 is no longer a shark. Uh, moving forward, uh, so Andreas Johnson is the veteran here. He's a 28-year-old forward. He could play wing. He shoots left. His contract is done at the end of this season. So right now he has a cap hit per cap friendly of three million four hundred thousand. Okay. Um 510, 194 pounds, shoots left. He more than likely will be in the lineup um you know this week when the sharks um you know continue their home stretch here. Uh, he's from Sweden, so you know got another Swede. Um I really see him, perhaps, perhaps, um, you know, there's a chance he could play the CUDA, because this season with Utica, he put 36 games in the AHL. Um, Pretty solid, man. Nine goals, 21 assists for 30 points in AHL. He's played two games with the New Jersey Devils this season. Last season, 71 games, 13 goals, 22 assists, 35 points. So, you know, we got some more uh, veteran depth in there, which might, compensate for um you know if the sharks decide to move like a bank or benito however from my understanding and i don't mean any disrespect or any shade but andreas johnson's um whole involvement in this transaction was to essentially make the uh, trade work for new jersey um for New Jersey's salary cap. So, this is essentially a move to make the whole uh, acquisition of Timo Meyer and the rest of the gang work for them on the salary cap. And then, last but not least, there's Fabian Zetterlin, 23 uh, year old left wing. So, again, not necessarily saying that he's going to directly replace Timo Meyer with the production, but the Sharks acquire a prospect at the wing. So, in a way, they are, you know, even though it ain't like an X Factor superstar status, right? Which is what Timo Meyer is projected to become right now. He's certified first, uh, first, um, first line forward, right? But you know he has a superstar potential. Uh, so here we go. We have a prospect now again of Fabian Zetterlund is um, the first name to actually surface from that trade that took essentially four hours for all the details to be certified, right? Um, And finally released Uh, Zetterlin, by the way, was um, selected in 2017, uh, 63rd overall in the third round again by New Jersey. Uh, His contract actually is up at the end of this season as well. So it'll be interesting to see what the Sharks do with this young man Um, with New Jersey. He's played 45 games, 16 goals, 14 assists. For a total of 20 points. That's this season. Last season with Utica. He played 58 games. uh, Put up 52 points. 24 goals. 28 assists. So. I'm thinking. You know. um, Eklund and Bortolo. Have themselves. Or you know. Whoever they align with. If if he's on the Kuda. I imagine he'll be on the Sharks. uh, Given that you know. He's playing. He's playing in some solid. Meaningful NHL time. Um, But you know. When Eklund and Borlo whether it's on the Cuda or when they're ready to be on the Sharks, um, you know, I could see these guys being very productive with each other, the three of them. But, you know, we'll see how Quinn or McCarthy decide to utilize uh, Fabian here. All right. And that is our newest members of the San Jose Sharks. So, again, welcome to Sharks Territory, to all the new Sharks, Shakir. Um... Let me get all my names lined up right here. Shakir Mukamadulin Nikita Ohakichuk Fabian Zerlin, Andreas John Johnson. Andreas Johnson. Welcome to Sharks Territory. All right. So again, I just want to address the um the whole narrative of the sharks. You know, this this wasn't a good uh, draft, you know, the grades, this, or they got fleeced that. Okay, listen, the San Jose Sharks were not going to be able to re-sign Timo Meyer, nor were they going to be able to, um, in my opinion, um, get, how do I say this? They weren't going to get any more compensation. It wasn't going to get, the compensation or or the ask for Timo Meyer wasn't going to get any higher than it was this year. Um... I think this because specifically, um, it's only been the last two seasons that Timo Meyer has been rising here in San Jose. And on that note, I just want to talk about that. So, you know, last year, Timo Meyer was elected to his uh, first NHL All-Star game. So he represented the San Jose Sharks in the NHL All-Star game last year. Um, obviously, last season was super historic for Timo Meyer. Um, he scored five goals in a game. Uh, setting a franchise record for mo- most goals scored in a game um, there is no other player that scored more goals in a game than Timo Meyer so um our current uh you know point leader and you know someone who is starting to like you know um etch himself in shark's history you know um he will be missed without a doubt uh, but again, this was a in my opinion, this was a um a move that the Sharks had to make now. Who knows again if Timo's uh, production is going to continue the way it has been. You know what I'm saying? But um I know one thing's one thing's for certain is that he is in a better position to, you know, play some meaningful games and protect and perhaps make a a legitimate, you know, like deep playoff run or contention for the cup. With New Jersey, so I can't be mad. I cannot be mad at uh, Mike career. I cannot be mad at this transaction and situation because, um, again, I just don't think that his trade value would have been as, I think this is at its peak. Like this is the peak. It ain't going to get any higher than it is now. He's not going to be in demand as much as he is now. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. Um, You know, if the Sharks were to sign him, and then decide later on that it didn't work out. That would have been messy. And they definitely would have not got close to anything that they've got in return um, with for him this season. Obviously, this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to find out, you know, how this is going to play out later on down the road. We'll see how these players, you know, um, you know, what they do for the club. And you know, we'll have to readdress how we feel about this trade later on down the road. Um, but one thing's for certain, okay, one thing's for certain that Mike Greer is already, he's already, um, you know, laying the foundation of his legacy here in Sharks territory, because that's already two of his biggest traits, being Brent Burns and Timo Mayer. Um So, you know, the acquisition of these prospects and these draft picks, I mean, we got two draft picks for Timo Meyer. How can that be bad? We got two draft picks, a former first round draft pick, a second round draft pick, and, you know, like... A uh, veter- vet- veteran uh, death forward and, um, you know, again, some prospects on the blue line. Come on. Anyways, I think it's a win. And I think it's a dub. And I can't complain. Um, quite frankly, I think that, again, Timo Meyer he's on the rise. He's hot. His uh, trade value is at its highest now. We'll see how he does for New Jersey. Wishing you the best of luck, Timo. And I think that's pretty much where I'm going to end this segment. All right, we made it. So um going to take a quick break. When we come back, I am going to share with you my personal experience from Patrick Marlowe weekend. I'm about to geek out right now with um with with the, the Sounds Shark stuff. Uh we're gonna talk about Patrick Marlowe, his speech at City Hall, uh the Legends game at Texas U Arena, and you know, his jersey number being retired and raised to the rafters. I'm Aaron James, this is the Shark City Podcast. We'll be right back. Uh, don't go anywhere. And actually, while you wait, why don't you like, subscribe, um, share, and all that jazz? All right. Um, We'll be right back right here on the Shark City podcast. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. And how often do those big changes come with big price tags? I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I love using my everyday earbuds to stay up to date with my favorite podcasts as well as chime in on live broadcasts when I'm taking my pup on a walk. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products, you can get one of each, or a pair in a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. You know what gets me hyped about my Raycon is that their custom gel tips are perfect and the most comfortable in-ear fit. And for when I'm at work and I wanna zone in and be productive, the noise isolation definitely helps. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. My, oh my. There's no rest. There's no sleep in Sharks territory, baby. There's no sleep in Shark City. That's for sure. Okay, so um, some breaking news. Uh, The Sounds of Sharks actually made a trade they, uh, acquired Henry Thrun from the Anaheim Ducks, um, for a 2024 third round draft pick. Okay. Um, so that's very interesting. Uh, this right here is coming via a uh, cap friendly. So the trade took place today around noon. For those of you who are listening to the, um, you know listening to the uh, the audio version on your favorite podcast platform but yeah so you know Mike is still making moves wow all right uh we'll probably dive into that a little bit later let's uh keep on track here uh speaking of um trades and acquisitions so it is true so the uh, you know the saudi sharks are already adding uh, andreas johnson and uh, fabian zetterlund to the first line with tomash hurdle that's the other thing that is something that kind of grind my gears i'm just going to say this really quick there's something more frustrating than trading away first line forwards or defensemen or trading for death forwards or acquiring them claiming them off of waivers and then seeing them penciled into the top line like first game but it is what it is. We don't have Meyer. So, uh, via Chris Pashelka, this is on Twitter. Um, he reported that Tomas Hurdle is calling the Lions. He's calling it the Swedes. So, or he's, he's playing with the Swedes, being uh, Johnson is Zerlin. Anyways, so there's your uh, top line, um, you know, moving forward this week, apparently, for Southie Sharks. All right, enough of trade talk. Let's talk about something very awesome, very cool, very special. Very historic, and um, you know something that happened for the very first time in Sharks territory, and that is Patrick Marlowe's jersey was retired. Now we're gonna go in chronological order here. We're gonna recap um, the three events that went down over the weekend last week here in Sharks territory, and um, we are going to um, kind of you know react and geek out. On some of the you know the experiences that I was able to uh, have firsthand I want to share that with you um, but yeah uh, first and foremost let me just say oh right right off the top really here because you know this this segment I might go I'm just gonna tell you straight up I might go on the sharks soapbox or I might go on a couple of tilt tangents because um, you know it, it was it was an amazing three days all right so with that being said I want to start off by saying i feel super fortunate and super um you know i feel very blessed very fortunate and um you know to be living here in san jose california and to have ex- you know being able to experience um, these three events in a row so first and foremost was the flag raising ceremony and the official proclamation of patrick marlow day by san jose uh, mayor Matt Mahan at the San Jose city hall in downtown San Jose. All right. Flag raising ceremony. First and foremost, there is nothing in my opinion, sweeter. I, you know, outside of my puppy and my lady, there is nothing sweeter that I looked at that day. <laughs> I had to clarify, um, Bes- you know out besides like you know that that flag just flying beside the california state flags flying beside the san jose city you know the seal of the city of san jose the flags up there was the patrick marlowe uh number 12 with his silhouette in the middle uh flag right there waving high above the skies of downtown san jose that was an amazing um that was an amazing sight however it was also a very confusing and lightweight um like scary thing to see because I like most other sharks fans that were there arrived early to this event. Um the assumption was that you know they were going to raise it right there outside. That was the biggest thing about this last weekend too because um like even right now currently um you know the bay area has been getting its share of rainfall um in the past for like the past week so i honestly thought that that ceremony was gonna get rained on Uh, so when i showed up and i noticed that it was already waving like 30 minutes maybe even longer before the ceremony the actual official ceremony began my first initial thought was okay it must be because you know the weather is necessarily um in our favor and the last thing you want to do is get you know the last, the last thing you want to do is be, you know, get rained out, right? Anyways, or rained on, but um, the Sharks president Jonathan Becker had made a lot of hockey analogies, all right. When um, he addressed the crowd that showed up at City Hall, uh, the crowd consisted of uh, media uh, members of the media, uh, some uh, San Jose Sharks fans, obviously Marlow's family, and um, members of the Sharks front office. And, of course, S.J. Sharkey. So, um, and there's a yes, the city mayor is there too, but there's a reason why I didn't mention him <laughs> at this moment. So, you know, uh, the president of Sharks, you know, said that they had to make some line changes and, you know, they addressed the flag being raised up early and, you know, that, that essentially was just on the fly. Didn't really give the reason as to why. I, again, again, I'm assuming it's because, you know, the weather. But um, what they did is inside City Hall when the mayor eventually showed up. <laughs> I didn't want I was trying to bite my tongue, but I just want to say it. I didn't show up fastly late to Patrick Mar- okay, whatever. Overall the ceremony was it was it was great. It was amazing. All right. It was an amazing experience. And that's what I went there, you know, exactly that's exactly what I went there for to experience it. So let me just share that with you. Um, you know, being in the in the same room with the Sh- the sharks uh front office with uh, a legendary national hockey league player with you know uh, members of city government with members of the media and of course sharks fans and sharky it, it was you know it was quite an experience really it really was. I was it was really something amazing and i honestly am very happy to kind of you know not just, you know have a little small part of it you know just having been there witnessing it live in person um with that being said you know um th- Patrick Marlowe is he definitely is a man of the people um there is uh, you know fans that kind of like you know or how do I say this better there's not one fan that he turned away that wanted a picture or an autograph you know what I'm saying like um now me this is me personally and I'm not trying to like throw any shade or trying to like say something indirectly by sharing this story because that's not my style if I have something to say I'll say it straight up, all right. But um, with that being said, I'm the type of person where, like, you know, I treat, you know, um, like sounds of like sharks, like athletes or heroes or people who are like, you know, celebrities, high profile, um, you know, public figures or whatnot. I treat them exactly how I'd want to be treated if I was out and about, you know, with respect and, you know, um, you know, just just understand that you know they're they're a person. You know what I mean? It's easy to get starstruck and it's easy to, you know, just rush somebody. And um, that's just not my style. Just, that's just me personally. It's always been that way. And I think I had to do really quick. Here's one of those, uh, tilt tangents. When I was very young, I ran into Timo Solani. And, um, my memory is a little foggy here. So pardon me. But if I'm not mistaken, I ran into him and his family at Super K or Big K, whichever one it was. I think maybe Big K. Anyways, um, That's how long ago that was, right? (laughs) Anyways, um, but I remember when I recognized him. I think I was even wearing, I may have not been wearing a Sharks jersey. Now I might just be jazzing it up. But long story short is when I seen him and our eyes met, I was very young, by the way. I was probably like in middle school, like not even high school. I would say probably middle school, Uh, maybe high school. Um, When I seen him, I, of course, being a fan, recognized him right away he recognized the fact that i recognized him being a sharks player and i could kind of see like and this is a natural thing right like you know when you're walking out in public and you're shopping at the mall or you're you know just doing your thing and then you see someone that you know like maybe you went out to enjoy yourself and then you see someone you knew and oh, you kind of tense up like oh man you know (laughs) that's kind of the reaction i got from from timo and uh timo Salani, by the way and not that you know i'm holding that anything against him it's just you know hey he just showed up to go to you know the store with this family right so um i just remember when we locked eyes i looked he looked i smiled and i nodded my head like hey what's up and he smiled and you know returned the same gesture and that was it and that one interaction kind of like left a lasting impact on me when it came to um you know um how I interacted with San Jose Sharks players, being a fan, and that just wasn't the one time I've met Sharks players out in the public before. I've once uh, ran into um, Steve Bernier, uh, Steve Bernier at the um, Valley Fair. Literally was eating with the guy at the food court. I knew who he was. He was there with his girl. I wasn't, you know, gonna interrupt him in his meal. We just chilled. I never really even mentioned, like. Hey, what's up? Are you a shark or nothing? I just was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. You know what I mean? And it just soaked up the moment. It just enjoyed the experience. Um, you know, um, I think we casually like small talked and that was it. Like nothing serious. Same thing with Mike Ratchy. Ran to him downtown before. Ran into um, a couple other of the other prospects back in the day. Um, probably ain't going to say much from where I ran into them at. But uh, back to the point. Um I've always kind of just kept my, my self-composure, I guess is the best way to describe it. Because, you know, it's very easy to be like, yeah, just, you know, like geek out, like get starstruck. But it's just not my style. And I kind of treated that the same way um, that day, February 23rd, Thursday, February 23rd at San Jose City Hall. You know, I was there to experience this moment in Patty's life, you know, this moment to... Um, acknowledge his legacy, acknowledge his career and his impact here in San Jose. You know, I was just there to witness that, you know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what I did. Um, So um, some things that stood out with Patrick Marlowe. So obviously the San Jose city mayor, um, when he showed up, (laughs) he said, um, you can't mention San Jose without mentioning the sharks. And you can't mention the sharks without thinking of Patrick Marlowe, city mayor, Matt Mahan. And I don't, Hey, I'm pretty sure he's a busy guy. Okay, so um, the fact that he took time out of his schedule with everything else that's going on in the city, uh, you know, to proclaim Patrick Marlowe Day in San Jose and to you know um, honor and show respect for you know one of you know pro- probably one of the most impactful um, members of our community, uh, I thought that was pretty. Uh, I, th- I thought that was pretty dope. So, again, you know, it was just a great experience overall. Patrick Marlowe said, I can't believe how lucky I've been able to come to a place like San Jose where this community embraced the Sharks franchise and players like myself with open arms. That's Patrick Marlowe. Uh, he said, San Jose has been one of the most important places in my life. I've lived here for more than half of my life. I met my wife, Christina, here. All of our boys were born and raised here. Yes, I love. Um, he said, what I love about uh, this community is the people I've met and the friendships I made over the years. So you know it was a short and sweet speech and um I'll be real with you you know this number 12 silhouette logo um when I first seen it um when they you know when they introduced it when they rolled it out during the um during the year where he broke the record uh, for most games played in the NHL I kind of was like uh it was a little mid for me I'm not going to lie um seeing how they utilized it this time around it has a whole new status for me it's taken on a whole new meaning um for me just the pouch i mean the patch was a little bit bulky in my opinion a little bit just kind of like like i said a little bit mid um it definitely looks better with the numbers in till than it does in white like they use on the patch that's for sure um so again seeing those numbers projected onto the ice, projected outside of the arena and uh, being placed on a flag that's not only waving above downtown San Jose outside of City Hall, but also inside City Hall. Um, I, you know, I thought that was I thought that was pretty amazing. That's pretty dope. Just as a Sharks fan to see that. All right. So moving on. Um, so the very next day, you know, the the fun does to stop the San Jose Sharks legends assembled at the Texas Arena. And when I mean legends, I'm talking about Rob Davison, Douglas Murray, Adam Graves, Brett Hedekin, Owen Nolan, Patrick Marlowe, and his sons Brody, Caleb, Jagger, Devin Setaguchi, Danny Heatley, Mike Ritchie, Mark Smith, who was getting so much love from the crowd because he's obviously a rock star. Uh, Joe Thornton, no. Duh. <laughs> of course, Joe Thornton was there. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Mike Brown if getting to bock off. Scott Hatton, TJ Gagliardi, Gale- uh, Sean Hines, Nils Ekman, Scott Parker, the Sheriff, Kent Huskins, Ryan Clow. Boy, was it nice to see Ryan Clow skate in, uh, in Till again. He was part of Team Till. Uh, Tom Peterson, Steve Shields. Joel Ward, Curtis Brown, Tommy Wingos, Wingles, and I stand corrected. So I've been kind of like um, for the past couple of episodes. I'm, I'm calling false advertising on this. <laughs> Not on myself, on the Sharks. But uh, I've been saying that Mike Greer was going to lace it up and play on the ice. Apparently, he was just a coach of Team Till, just like Kelly Rudy was coach of uh, Team White for the Legends game. Uh, so I stand corrected. My apologies. I really thought that Mike Greer was going to lace it up. Maybe it's because I listened to a, an interview not too long ago. I forgot where it was, so pardon me. But he was talking about how he um, could, how he thinks he could still take on, um, or he thinks he could take on some of the players on the Sharks. And I think he like singled out Pickles. But anyways, Vlasic um, for those of you who are unaware. But yeah, these Sharks legends. I mean, it was amazing to see all these guys on the ice again. Um, I started to get all the feels when I seen uh pre-game the backoff and nolan skating on the ice with each other and I'm aware that they've been doing the alumni games you know um, annually here in San Jose but this is the first time I've been to one of these all right and you know it was the, the Legends game so technically for everyone that was in attendance it was the first time you're at a legends game too but um for me like it started to like like sink in when I seen Olin Nolan and they're getting the Bac skating next to each other during the um the warm-ups I was like, my goodness, I have not seen this site live in almost 20 years. Anyway, so that was amazing. Um, the ops I'm, I'm a goalie. all right? I'm a goalie geek. I play goalie. Um, to see his fresh paint, to see his pads, to see him uh, you know, between the pipes again was just outstanding. It was really chill. So so, it, so, uh, same thing with Steve Shields. Uh, to see Steve Shields uh, back until was quite the sight as well it was pretty cool because they were actually using and i noticed this they're using i believe last season's jerseys and this season's socks (laughs) so there's a little bit of blend there anyways um but it was just nice to see the guys until and for those who are wearing the white threads it was nice to see them as well uh joe thornton uh did like a moment in the game where he like reached over. Um, he was at the bench and he reached over the boards to, you know, uh, play the puck, uh, called it a dirty play, called it the Ryan Klo. Not too sure if that was like a premeditated move or whatnot, but I enjoyed the subtle nods to uh, Sharks' history. Uh, obviously, uh, Marlo's boys put on quite a show as well. Uh, that young kid could sell, me and, you know, watching them drop the, the gloves, you know, I mean, like jokingly was pretty. Uh, pretty um fun as well. Um honestly overall um you know seeing all of the favorite players on the ice again I feel like like it was it really kind of started with this legends game, right? So for me it started personally at City Hall, but I think for uh for the city of San Jose for for, for majority of Sharks fans, um this game like it re it like brought a jolt back to sharks territory it's like re-energized you know uh sharks territory and we needed it we needed it so bad um it was nice to see the tech CU arena at capacity it was nice to see um you know everybody get loud and the guys put you know the sharks put on a show they put on a show three consecutive days you know i mean forget you know the results of the game that followed afterwards um they put on a show. So we're about to get to um like you know the main event of that show right here in just a moment, but I just want to say this before I forget um for anybody who wants to experience a first person um perspective I guess to these events, I've recorded every single one of these things um and I posted them on YouTube, so you can check that out on our YouTube page at Shark City Hockey. Um, So that is going to be uh, Marlo's speech from uh, live that was streamed live from City Hall. And then we we also have just the intro to the Legends game. We didn't live stream the Legends game. We didn't record clips or I didn't record clips of the Legends game because, you know, I was there to also enjoy myself. Right. Um, I know a lot of fans are kind of saying, hey, why not have a live stream and this and that. But this was one of those events where. Um, all the proceeds went to the Sharks Foundation and the Sharks Alumni Foundation. So it was kind of one of those things where you kind of felt like, hey, you know, um, I'm here enjoying a show and I'm joining an event with other fellow Sharks fans. And, you know, everything that, you know, the price of the ticket and everything here, you know, it's going toward a good cause. So um, I know a lot of fans didn't, um, you know, get to see the live stream, but I think the whole essence of this event is to, you know, raise those funds you know by having a in uh you know a ticket to be in person in house anyways uh so moving on the main event of this weekend this past weekend was patrick marlowe's number 12 being retired and officially raised to the rafters patrick marlowe becomes the first san jose shark player in franchise history to have his number retired no other player will ever wear the number 12 In the San Jose Sharks uniform again. Um, Before we get there, let's just briefly talk about the tilt carpet. So there was two events that went down prior to uh, Marlo's jersey being retired. There was the Patty Fest, which went down at 3 o'clock locally here in San Jose. 3 o'clock. And it was supposed to feature um food trucks and it's supposed to feature you know all these selection of of patrick Marlowe's favorite food and if i had to be honest with you i'm on the impression that marlo only likes ice cream and tamales <laughs> i love mexican food and i love ice cream but i was expecting um you know a little bit more uh, selection outside but it makes sense right you don't want people getting full outside you want them to grub inside and um i'm about to uh, pause for a moment too to give you my spiel on um what was my first game of this season so you know it's the first time i got to see some of these new uh food selections and it was the first time i got to see that center hung video board so i want to give my um reaction to that in just a moment but uh back to the um you know the the patty fest and the still carpet so you know all those legends that were playing in the game prior that i just named uh, not too long ago they all showed up and you know they're greeted. They're giving out autographs to fans who are able to make it by the rails. I seen people waiting by the rails out there by the till carpet, like hours before the event began. I know this because I showed up hours before the event began, but I didn't show up to wait there and hold a spot. Right? I showed up because I wanted to hit up the shark store before, um, you know, the crowd showed up. I went there and I got um, I got some shark beanies and I got my uh, Papa jersey. So. That was pretty chill, but um, back to the point why I even brought that up. When I was there making those uh, purchases, I seen people already um holding up the railing over there. Um, so after the uh, you know, it's still carpet and the arrivals of all the sharks legends and them being interviewed for the uh, special presentation that was being done on television and also being interviewed by Tara Sloan and Drew Ramenda for uh, the Sharks Audio Network. Um, you know, they made their way into the tank. I made my way to the tank personally at four o'clock when the doors is open for me. You know, I mean, season ticket holders got to um, go in like 30 minutes earlier. But um, I went in there. I grubbed up. So now I'm going to um, do my quick spiel. Uh, scene, um, the tank and all like, you know, all the new updates. I remember. OK, so this is how far we've come. I remember way back in the day when, you know, you had to pay cash and you had to, you know, find you had to find that guy, that guy who had like three ice coolers hanging around his waist and neck (laughs) and and maybe he had the beer that you wanted he wanted that can and i don't drink that often all anymore when i was young you know he does what it is but um i remember that now now and you know again this is my first game there so pardon me all right as i geek out here but now you literally could go up to refrigerated unit you could see all the selections they have right there are full on display you grab that can you put it into like an automatic sensor that you know scans your product and then you pay for it you open up the tab before you leave and bam you're done pretty seamless flawless uh, transactions as far as the food selection goes um my girl she loves sushi i like sushi it's pretty good california rolls and i don't want to make sound like a promo here so i'm just going to simply say i was glad that one of our favorite sushi restaurants is in that spot now and i was prepared to go into the tank and spend about like 50 bucks for like food and beverage to maybe, you know, snack on. I didn't think that I was going to spend like less than 30 bucks to like grub up with me and my girl. And we got full. And then, you know, have like a drink for like under like 20 bucks. Under 12 bucks, I think it was. So, um, you know, that was pretty chill. I got to say. If I might say, uh, I might say myself that, you know, uh, definitely worth the value there, you know, uh, grubbing inside. I remember that wasn't always the case. I remember a lot of times uh, people were, you know, the popular destinations were, you know, to go to like, you know, San Pedro or whatnot. Or go to, you know, your favorite spot, your favorite eatery or bar before you hit up the game. But um, the Sharks have definitely made some strides and efforts to get us there early. And they're making it worth, you know, worth the while. That's that's all I'm going to say. As far as the new center hung video board, man. I felt like each one of the eyeballs had its own screen okay (laughs) the way it's um you know and they've already we've already covered this in one of the previous episodes but the way it's hanging there like everyone gets essentially the same view I did see them trying to mess with that forced perspective 3d I wasn't really feeling it. it was kind of a miss in my opinion I can't wait till they you know do whatever it is it gotta do to you know fully utilize you know whatever 3D features are supposed to have. But whatever they put on display, uh, the icing while it's there, it just wasn't really happening. Uh, that's just my opinion. I'm sure you know as time goes on, that will um, you know they'll improve that feature. But nonetheless, the video board is amazing. Um, you know the little like. Screen that kind of like the little halo or the little like you know ring, the screen that like right above it. At first, I thought that was kind of like nonsensical, but now it's just kind of like uh, you know, it looks clean, it definitely adds you know, it's a nice little added touch. Uh, I would say, and normally I'm not like one to geek out like on um, like sponsors or whatnot, but um, the SAP Center logo looks clean above this um. Uh, Setter hung video display whatever its official name is Uh, it looks clean it has depth to it Uh, it lights up there's a shadow in the back i like i like the way it looks very um aesthetically pleasing anyways um so get off of that little till tangent off that little sharks uh soapbox there and let's move on to to what really matters here and that's patrick Marlowe's number being retired um honestly Patrick Marlowe hit the marks on every thing, everything. everything. Um, the Southie Sharks did as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got mixed reports. I heard the TV saying that, you know, backstage was swell. I've also heard people who are actually directly involved with, you know, how it went down backstage saying that good thing we got it done. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, back to the point is, um, you know, they hit the mark. They really did. Uh, bringing out all the legends, bringing out the former, uh, the current players and kind of having them in the back by the bench. Um, Joe Thornton coming out and being able to share the stage with Kelly Rudy and Randy Hahn and Dan Rusanowski um, up there with Marlowe. I thought that was very, very nice. Um, obviously, when Joe Thornton started to cry, now all you Sharks fans out there who, you know, you all like to use that crying Jordan meme. Now you have a crying Jumbo Joe meme. Um but yeah, when when the water work started to go for uh Thornton, I started to feel the gravity of you know the moment. And yeah, you know, it it was it was it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, obviously with Marlowe's number going up, like I feel like it's officially closing a chapter on, you know, that era of Sharks hockey. Like that twenty sixteen Stanley Cup final. Uh, team and all the players you know leading up to it i mean i would say and i know this is kind of a stretch but that's just it's just a testament to the longevity of marlo's career but i'll say with his number going up that essentially closes the chapter on the past decade of sharks hockey you know what i'm saying um i'm so glad or i'm so happy with the banner that the soundsy sharks chose I really am. I'll be 100 with you. I was really, really anxious. I was thinking like some other Sharks fan. A lot of you Sharks fans out there thought this as well. So I wasn't the only one. We thought that they were going to use the same logo that they used for the flag raising ceremony as the as like the banner to retire his jersey. I am so happy that I think it was Drew Remenda during the Legends game. He was wearing a sweater. It was either him or Kelly Reed, I forgot who, but... Or maybe one of the broadcasters. Well, that's true, Amanda. Anyways, uh, <laughs> one of them was wearing a sweater and it had the 12 on it with Marlo's name and the dashes, you know, right there by the M of of the Marlo and by the U, you know, the Marlo, the dashes like it does in the banner. Um, he was wearing that sweater. So when I seen that the day prior, I was like, all right, now that's what I'm talking about. Because, um, again, a lot of us fans thought that they're going to use that... Um, number 12 silhouette um kind of like how they did with like uh gordon gunner third or dw right Uh, uh doug wilson with their banners but i was like this i mean i'm again i don't have to say it because they didn't do it but obviously it's not the same you know retiring marlo's number is not the same as like you know um commemorating um you know doug wilson or you know remembering uh gordon gunn right so I'm so happy that they went with this route, the traditional route being the last name and the number. Um, also, leading up to this retirement um, ceremony, a jersey number retirement ceremony, there was photos that leaked on the internet. Well, not leaked, but they were published on the internet, floating around the internet there, of the number 12 painted on the ice at the Shark Tank for that evening. And the number 12 font was similar to the like late 90s, early 2000s font and um for a second i thought that answered one of the questions that we presented to everybody in sharks territory a majority of you all thought that when marlo's um, name and number were raised the rafters that it would be with a heritage jersey template in the background Uh, when i seen that number 12 however inside the trapezoid behind the net you know the goal net um, I was thinking, oh, wow, they're going to actually put up a jersey um, template of the, uh, of the nine, you know, like the 98, you know, 99-2000 seasons, right? Uh, 98 is when it was, um, uh, that jersey style was introduced as the uh, alternate. But we'll, we'll just call it the 2000, the 1999-2000 uniforms. Um, so, yeah, I thought that they were going to go with that style. But then when they raised the banner and I seen all till and then, the Sharks logo with the black, you know, obviously Marlowe's name and number on there. I was like, oh man, they just hit the mark. They really did. Because when you think about it, and I know a lot of fans out there were even suggesting, nah, he has to go with the Reebok edge because that's when he really started to become, you know, Patrick Marlowe and, you know, with, with the black shoulder boards and, you know, the, the stripe that goes across, um, the midsection, you know, the extra stripes and all that. Anyways, um, a lot of fans were were respectfully that, but when you really think about it, um, you know, if you want to retire numbers based on the jerseys they wear, then you're going to have like no, uh, there's going to be like, there's going to be no uh, harmony or synchrony there. You're going to have like different jersey templates kind of clash with each other. So I'm so glad that the San Jose Sharks chose to go with this template because what you are seeing, Sharks fans, I'm pretty sure you already figured this out. But w- what we have here is we now have the template for, you know, the, the jerseys that are going to follow. So, Obviously, Joe Thornton is going to be, um, you know, his number is going to be raised. Whether or not he's next, um, that all depends on how soon he announces retirement. I do not think he's going to announce his retirement this season. I think we're, uh the, the Jumbo Joe Thornton situation going on right now is the same with Marlowe last season, where he knows he's retired, but he's going to announce it, you know, the following, uh, the following year, right? Uh, so, you know, he's definitely not going to do it the year that Marlowe announces retirement and he's getting his jersey raised to the rafter. He's going to wait his turn. And, you know, maybe next season, if he announces his retirement, uh, we know we'll raise his jersey to the rafter. But back to the point, we now have a template. So, you know, doesn't take much of the imagination. You replace that two with the nine. Now, you know what Thornton's jersey um, uh, banner retirement is going to look like. And on that note, I also want to say... um. Now that, you know, I th- bravo Zulu to the San Jose Sharks because now they are no longer one of the teams in the NHL that doesn't have a number retired. I love that. I love that. We've been waiting for this for years. But I honestly, especially after attending the um, flag raising ceremony at City Hall, then the Legends game at U Arena, and then this ceremony at the SAP Center, it is only right that the first number that goes up is Patrick Marlowe. So, with that being said, I honestly think we could start to expect to see more jersey numbers get raised to the rafters. Okay. So, um, obviously, Thornton's a big one. I'm going to go out there and say that Nabby is definitely, you know, third in line, if any. Um, a lot of y'all are going to quote, you know, Pavs as being one of them. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, Pabs will probably be one of them. But um, I mean, after all, he was the only captain that led the team to a Stanley Cup appearance, the final appearance. But back to the point is um, I love this template. I really do, um, because, again, um, let's just say William Eklund had a long career and he's known for the jerseys that the Sharks are using now. What are they going to do? They're going to put these evolved, uh, evolved jersey template next to a heritage jersey template, next to et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. So I, I really do dig the minimalistic yet effective style of this uh, jersey uh, banner here. Now, one last thing I got to say in it's kind of a critique, if any, not really, just got to say this because, you know, it's right there in the back of my mind, okay? Um, the one thing that I can't help but notice about this jersey banner is that the Sharks' current logo is used. Um, I have nothing with that. I have no problem against that. There's only one thing I want to state um, that I think is obvious at this point, and I point. An off- and I think, honestly, it closes the debate that's been going on for a couple of years here. And that being, you know, the sounds of Sharks returning back to the heritage look full time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, that that debate is now over. And we have our answer. Uh, the Sharks raised Patrick Marlowe's number with the current logo on the banner. Uh, to me, that's telling me that they're committing to this logo long-term. And the only time that we'll probably see the inaugural logo again is if, A, the Sharks are finally invited to play in a Winter Classic, right? <laughs> B, um if the sharks decide to bring it on as a full-time alternate or see maybe in the distant future, maybe cause you know never say never. Maybe they'll do something like Arizona has done and other teams are doing and you know, throw it back to their, you know, old school threads full time. But with the Patrick Marlowe banner being raised and you know, when you really think about it, like the presence that the sharks have in the Bay area throughout the greater Bay area, Northern and Eastern California as well. Um, you know, this logo is everywhere. They open up, you know, um, they call called till tops, you know, uh, uh, street hockey rinks at, um, parks and at schools, uh, you know, their shops, their pro shops, all, all this marketing, everything is this current logo. And now, now that that logo is on the Marlowe jersey banner, I'm going to go ahead and call it and say it's safe to say that this is going to be our logo full-time moving forward, and that's it. Anyways, and that's that's, that's fine with me. That's cool. That's cool. Hopefully the Sharks will be able to, um, you know, bring back the heritage as an alternate, and maybe, you know, instead of having like, like they did with the black armor and the Stealth on Thursdays, maybe they'll have the heritage on you know Thursdays or whatever days he decides to designate it, um, but definitely would prefer to have them playing that than this you know reverse retro throwing it back to you know the seals. Uh, that's just my opinion, but again I'm not mad at it. I don't want this to be about the logo. This is all about Patrick Marlo's, um jersey re- retirement. And honestly, if I could be 100 with you, I think the new logo on that banner just would look better it just looks better than it would with the um the inaugural logo and that's just my take and i am for the heritage jersey full-time all the way but you know what um i love my team i'm embracing my team i'm embracing the changes i'm going to roll with them support them either way you know um win lose or tie right we always uh, bleed till here in shark city um so yeah again just want to react to um the Jersey raising ceremony here Patrick Marlowe's speech was uh, on point um, you know very sweet um, to hear about you know to see him you know speak to his parents and to tell a story and to you know hear Kelly Rudy talk about you know and to hear um, the coaches on the video you know Daryl Sutter or Sutter and um, Tom McCullen and even to hear you know uh, Dean Lombardi the old GM of the Sharks like it was um, you know it was, it was it was quite the show, and that is also in three parts, three separate videos because YouTube wouldn't let me do the entire thing <laughs> uh, for some reason. But in three separate videos, um, it's a three-part. We have, um, again, um, video from that night, uh, live from the Upper Bowl. You could see, um, you know, first person of what it was like to be there at the ceremony. All right. With that being said, uh, that's our episode. Uh, thank you to everybody who's, um, uh, you know been enjoying this program whether it's on youtube um you know the video version or it's you know on your favorite podcast platform i am aaron james this has been the shark city podcast for february 28th 2023 season 2 episode 30 uh reacted to the timo meyer trade and patrick Marlowe weekend that was here in sharks territory i just want to say a special thank you and shout out to all of you who've been supporting shark city hockey um this episode was I'll just be real with you. This episode is practically take number three because um you know for some odd reason when I was trying to do the um reports on the trade and you know Marlow stuff live, it was just, you know, um you know first got disconnected, then the other thing, you know, didn't record, etc. It is what it is. So the third time was the charm, and I'm happy to say that um, you know, I'm just glad to see one that the channel is growing and two that you know you all still have my back here um at Shark City Hockey. So Uh, Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been supporting. Thank you to everybody who's been liking and following our pages at Shark City Hockey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, We're going to start rolling out some. um, All right. We're going to start being a little bit more active in our Twitch channel. So stay up with that. Uh, Obviously, you know, you could check out all the previous episodes of the Shark City podcast at sharkcityhockey.com. And, um, you know. if you want to be a part of the show, by all means, when we do our live streams, you could, uh, you know, take place in the show by uh, doing comments. I don't want to uh, name the person out there, but uh, someone had mentioned earlier that, you know, um, you know, they're a fan of the show since the start. And I just want to say thank you. You know who you are. Um, and with that being said to the rest of y'all, whether it's on Reddit, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Thank you for showing your love and support for Shark City Hockey for this last four years. I'm Aaron James. Uh, that's been the show. Uh, let's go, Sharks. They got a homestand coming up this week. It's going to be interesting to see what it's like without Timo Meyer on the ice. It's going to be interesting to see what it's like to have the two new guys plugged in on the top line. And it's going to be interesting to see if the Sharks bite on any of the offers for potentially moving Eric Carlson. Until then, y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the last day of the month. I'll talk to you in March. I'm Aaron Jane, signing off here at Shark City Hockey.